everyone. This is Indra from Family Karma Cast, and I am just popping on here to tell you about our interview this episode with the incredible Amrit and Nicholas from Family Karma on Bravo. It's coming up in just a few minutes. We chat about their reactions to season two and seeing their beautiful stories on screen. And then we get into a conversation about interracial relationships, which is a topic many of our listeners have been asking about for quite some time now. It was a really wonderful conversation, and they have some great advice for folks who might be navigating an interracial relationship themselves. So you won't want to miss this interview, even if you're not in an interracial relationship. You really get to learn more about them and their relationship and just them as people. So I hope you enjoy it. Also, I can't believe it, but I forgot to ask Amrit at the end of the interview to give us some more details on Underwear Dance Party, which is him and Vishal's new men's underwear brand. So please check them out on Instagram at UDP Life and follow them and get some of their underwear. We'll link to their Instagram in our episode notes. And also, you might be wondering why it's just me on this interview today. And I just wanted to let you all know that Deanna sadly could not join us for this conversation because of a family emergency. So please send her good thoughts. She'll be back next time. And uh, I definitely missed having my partner in crime on this one. But again, it's a great conversation and I hope you enjoy the interview. And finally, before we get to that, if you enjoy watching Bravo shows and pop culture gossip, please join us on our Patreon page for our weekly bonus episodes where we gossip about all the latest Bravo news and pop culture in general. There's a lot to chat about this week with the first episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Reunion airing. So please join us at patreon.com slash familykarmacast with a K. And you can get access to our weekly episodes for just $1 a month. So please join us there. We'd love to have you. And now, without further ado, please enjoy this interview with Amrit and Nicholas from Family Karma on Bravo TV. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Amrit and Nicholas. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've been waiting to talk to you for so long, and so it's just really exciting. Hey. Uh... <laughs> Hey, Indra. It's so cool. It's so nice to be on. We're very excited to have a really cool conversation with you. Uh, Indra, we're so happy that you've been so supportive since uh, even before the beginning. <laughs> well, great. you know, it was exciting to see this show coming on the air for, you know, an Indian American gal like me. And um, it's just been so thrilling to see how the show has been received and Um, you know, from season one to season two. And really, you guys were the stars of season two, in my mind. (laughs) And, you know, just before we get into the topic, we're going to, well, it's all related, really, we're going to be talking about interracial relationships today. But, um, you know, what was it like just seeing your story play out on the screen like that in season two? Um, I guess I could start. Um, You, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to expect, you know, once the episodes start to air. You don't really remember all of the small details, but like big picture story, you're like, yeah, I, I guess I do remember that. I do remember that. Um, season two, watching it again um, 
was a completely different experience in watching season one for obvious reasons. You know, I think season two had way more emotional moments for myself and I think way bigger uh, high points in, in the story for Nicholas and I. So it was, I mean, there was a lot of emotion, that's for sure, mm -hmm. uh, between Nani and us getting engaged and, um, you know, everything with my parents. Um, there, it was a, a roller coaster of emotions. I think for me, it was, <clears throat> as there's been more time that's elapsed since the show and the, all the episodes aired, now as I'm reflecting on it, they're, they're even more meaningful. I just ran into a friend on the street that I haven't seen maybe since uh, the beginning of the summer. Mm -hmm. And he was asking a, a couple things about the show, and he asked about Amrit's grandma. Yeah. And... When I think about when I think about Nani now, it just has so much more significance uh, because she's she's not with us on this earth, um, and that that's really cool that we have such a a, a precious moment captured yeah. on on camera for the rest of our lives. That is just utterly amazing. Um, thinking about the the scene with the engagement, um, that's a really cool moment to have captured on on film, and to be able to share that with other people and to see. You just like glean more insights uh, as you watch it. I mean, there, there for me, there were certain things that I, I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. I didn't know when Umrit, when I went to Umrit's mom's house to have um, kind of a snack or dinner with her, and I was saying, you know, does does Umrit want to get <laughs> married? And it, in my head, she didn't have it. She didn't already know that Umrit was planning on asking. Yeah, but she did, and she just had a stone cold face oh nicholas i just don't and uh, <laughs> yeah so it's re-watching that everything starts to click in your head and everything yeah. just makes sense yeah totally and it was such a beautiful story and you know congratulations again on your engagement and um you know we're just so sorry for your loss of nani it was I mean, I feel so honored to have seen her on our screens. And, you know, again, just like the whole show being this opportunity for me to see my family's experience in America. Finally, seeing your grandmother, you know, reminds me of so many elders in my family and, you know, interactions that I've had with them and just the way they are and, you know, all of that, the nuances were just, it's just really special. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, Today, you know, we, we wanted to talk about interracial relationships. We've actually had quite a few listeners request this topic. And we were yes. like, who should we talk to about this? Um, you know, we, we thought about, should we get an expert, things like that? And then I was like, you know, what is an expert in interracial relationships anyway? Um, and so I thought it would just be great to hear from some people who are in an interracial relationship like you two. I myself am also in an interracial relationship. And so I thought maybe, you know, we could just have an open conversation about some of the real experiences that we've gone through um, as people living in this unique situation. So does that sound good to you, too? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do Certainly. it. <clears throat> OK, great. So, um, you know, I got some great questions from people on Instagram, but um, and one of them was just kind of how did you two meet? And when you met. 
was it kind of like, oh, yes, this is what I was always expecting? Or did it take you by surprise? Um, so we met in 2011 at a late night bar in Chicago. I had just moved to Chicago um, because I passed the Illinois bar and I started working here. And um, he had been in Chicago for a few years before I moved here. Um, and we sort of just, you know, it was by chance for sure. Uh, he think he uh, remembers seeing me on a, a dating app, um, but I don't remember mm -hmm. ever seeing him. And we met at a late night bar, and um, it, it. I think you know, I was, I was, I'm younger, and I had not experienced as much as he had in terms of being gay and being in a relationship with another man. And I had just come out. So putting aside that I was, you know. 25, I had just come out, I had no idea what I was doing, and I was in a new city. I met him like three months after I moved to the city, so it took me a little bit longer to sort of be like, okay, like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, there was so much going on in my life, I wasn't about to jump into a, a serious relationship. I mean, I'd never been in a relationship with really anyone by that point. Um, so it took me a little longer, you know, he was such a uh, sport about it. Um, you know, I remember I told him early on, I was like, listen, I, I think I just want to be friends and I don't know like what I want and how I feel. And he was totally, he like, I, I told him, I said, I really need a friend more than anything right now in my life. Like I, I yeah. need a gay friend. I, I don't know how to navigate this whole gay world because it really is a different world. It's a completely different world. It's like, you're almost born again. <laughs> In the middle, you know, <laughs> yeah. after spending 25 years living, it's very weird. So wow. he was totally a good sport. He said, you know what, that's fine. Um, I'll be patient. He was my friend for a year. And then things just kind of like picked up after that. Yeah. I mean, I can remember when we met and in the, it was just like, it was for me, it was electric. It was, no. I was just drawn to him and he just had this personality and this aura that was really endearing and really attractive to me. That is in like, oh my gosh, you are so sexy. Like, oh, I see many qualities. <laughs> oh, I was very sexy. I, no, I'm sure you <laughs> I, I just saw many things in, in him that I admired and I wanted to be around him and I wanted to, to mm -hmm. spend time with him. And that, I mean, I knew right away that it was like that. And I had to be really patient. He wasn't, yeah. we developmentally, we weren't on the same page. Because, I mean, when you're gay and you're not out, it's like you're shaking a pop bottle, uh, a mm -hmm. can of soda for, I mean, however long it is you stay in the closet. For me, that was almost 25 years. And then yeah. you open it and it's not, it's messy. Some time for the, the foam and everything to settle down. And Amrit had just started to kind of open that and to be in a serious relationship, you have to both be on the same page. So it took a while for us to be on the same page and life took us, it brought us together and then it took us uh, in separate ways and then it brought us back together. Nicholas, I know that on the show, they talked a bit about how you've had your own kind of personal struggles with your family in your journey to coming out and um, having them accept you and things like that. Do you feel like you were sort of uniquely positioned in that way to be that support for Amrit in that first year oh, yeah. when you guys first met? Oh, yeah, because what's, what's interesting is you, you remove the religious aspect of our life and you remove the color of, of our skin and we yeah. have very similar backgrounds. We're both from very tight-knit families um, who, have, who have pretty deep religious convictions, um, both of our families are intact. 
Um, our, our parents have been together. Um, his parents had an arranged marriage. Mine didn't, but my parents were, um, they got married when they were 25. So they really experienced their adulthood together, kind of the same way that Amart's parents did. Um, yeah. We both come from really stable backgrounds, pretty loving homes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, some of these questions feel like a little awkward to me, but I'm just going to ask them because... Okay in the spirit of just being open and everything um when did you like first notice and this is a question for both of you or like think about like oh this person who i'm romantically interested in is a different race than me and that could be like what were the feelings that accompanied that realization um i guess for me you know when i started coming out and trying to figure out like what kind of guy i could see myself with like Obviously, ideally, you know, it would have been nice to see find an Indian guy, you know, I'm not going to deny that it would have been easier mm -hmm. um, with religion and with culture and with values and with the parents and with the extended family. It absolutely would have. But you know, unfortunately for me, um, there weren't very many Indians that are out. In fact, I could think back to 2000, back 10 years ago and looking today at the LGBT community, I see I mean, five times more Indians that are out, which is which yeah. is incredible, which is really, really cool than yeah. sort of when I was coming out 10 years ago. But that's really cool. But I didn't, there wasn't, I just didn't think, you know, there were, I couldn't find, I didn't think there were a ton of Indian guys that were out and gay. So, um, and I wasn't like stuck on being with someone Indian either, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I met Nicholas and I found that he, again, also has a lot of the same values that I did. Um, he was intelligent, he was hardworking, he was smart. And I think I realized at that point, like, if I'm not marrying an Indian woman or Indian girl, then, you know, it's all, all the rules are gone. <laughs> you can just do whatever you do as long as you're compatible with the person. So mm -hmm. I never really saw, you know, there are some differences and there are some issues caused by the fact that we're interracial, but it had nothing that we haven't overcome so yeah. far. I mean, in your head, you, you have the, a, a type that you're interested in. But those are just things in your mind. And then when, when someone comes along and your paths cross, they may fulfill your stereotypes. They may fulfill the, you know, what you were looking for physically in a person, or they may not. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, emotionally, he, he checked a lot of those boxes for me. And then yeah. he happened to be Indian. And I mean, yeah. it does come with, uh, with certain, you know, it's, they're not problems. They're not obstacles. They're just issues that you have to work with and you have to work around. And a lot of them are just points of compromise. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like complexities. Yeah. Maybe Complexity. That totally. come up. Um, yeah. So do you guys mind talking about maybe what some of those complexities are? And maybe it's not even with your family. Like maybe it's with friends or even how strangers react to you as a couple or someone asked, you know, do you ever have to explain to people like why you're together? Not, you know, for various reasons, you know? Um, yeah. Any, any answer? That was a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want what to have been some of the complexities that we have addressed in our relationship? Um, number one, uh, food, food with mm -hmm. Amr's parents. I mean, I think pretty much any culture shows that you love someone through food. I mean, that, we did that in my family. We were Eastern European, or we were, we're Eastern European, and we like to make lots of food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't always grow up feeling like my my mom was 
eat more, eat more, eat more. I mean, she set food out and we ate uh, as much as we wanted. Um, if we didn't yeah. eat enough, then she would, they would let us know. Uh, but at like big family gatherings, you didn't have people constantly saying, oh, eat this, try this, eat this. And I have to be really careful. Uh, I, I have uh, some health issues uh, that are hereditary and mm-hmm. it's not in my best interest to eat tons of spicy food, which is really complicated okay. um, in a brown family because, uh, and specifically Umrit's family, they really do like spicy food. And I really it's not just Umrit's family, not it's all, all Indian Not, not all Indian families. <laughs> <laughs> um, his sister-in-law, Rose's wife, Lolita, she is, uh, oh, don't tell me, she is Konkani. And I don't think Konkani food is super spicy. Or at least the company uh-huh. food that she grew up with. Andrew, is it your family like spicy? Yeah. Can we see? I don't, but, I don't but buy you, this. When you're, when you're being introduced to a new family, and it's not just like it was Joe Schmo family. It was a romantic yeah. interest, someone that I wanted to really you know, build a life with. You, you, you don't necessarily feel comfortable saying, oh, I'll pass. Oh, you know, this time I'm going to yeah. eat white people food. You, you mm-hmm. can only do that so many times, it, it, you know, in one visit. And totally suck it up and it's a balancing act. Um, you know, well, how just how much yogurt can I put on this dish? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now I told my mom, I was like, mom, when he's done, he's done. Like you really have to like be mindful of how many times you're going to ask him if he wants more, if he wants to split this or try this, like just let him eat what he wants to eat. And she's getting there. She's (laughs) just, I mean, it's it's all, yeah, she doesn't mean anything by by it. The, The constant offering of food, it is an adjustment. It is an adjustment because, yes. and at the end of the day, you have to think of it as this is being done out of love. This is not being done to annoy me. <laughs> um, yeah. My mom also doesn't realize that like Nicholas and I are very mindful about what we're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like this past weekend, I was with her and she's like, have some toast. And I was like, no, mom, I'm kind of like laying off bread for a little while. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, but she must have offered me bread every day that I was with her. She's like, I have, I have this bread. I was like, ma, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't want bread right now. So he's under me too, you know. But I think another yeah. thing of like what he was—he he wasn't used to how much Indian moms sort of coddle their sons, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and maybe you know don't force their sons to do daily chores, which you know a lot of people have seen on Family Karma, not just with me, but with obviously Vishal and Brian. It's just—I mean—that's just. I mean, that's just that's what Indian moms did when they grew up when we were growing up. So I realized how clueless I was. I mean, mm. utterly clueless when it came to anything domestic <laughs> or maintaining a household. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, yeah, it was scary. His first, his first, <laughs> the room, the first room that he rented in Chicago, uh-huh. it was scary. It was oh, so disorganized. So there was clothes everywhere. <laughs> It was, I mean, just here, there, throw this, do this, suitcase open, you go on it. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah, that's funny. You know, my mom, I have two older brothers, so, but for all of us, like, she just kind of, like, took care of everything in the house, you know? Like, she was a stay-at-home mom, so I think maybe she felt like that was what she was supposed to do. But, yeah, it it is, like, interesting. Like, the, the thought of, like, chores and stuff wasn't really a thing in my house either. So it was, like, when I finally had to start doing that stuff for myself, it was, like, oh, okay. And But I noticed a lot of my white friends, like, already had to do some of those things. <laughs> and it was, like, baked into their lives. And so... Yeah. 
Um, you know, that comes to, um, well, I don't know where you are on your journey, potentially to starting a family. I know you mentioned it on the show. And so anything you want to share with that or not is up to you guys. But if, if you were thinking about having children, you know, some of those customs or ways of raising your children, you know, have you thought about like, well, you know, Nicholas, you grew up doing chores, Amrithu didn't. How are you going to navigate that with children potentially? Um, I think we're just gonna play by ear and make it up as we go along with everything else that we've been doing so far. You know, I don't think we're gonna necessarily put ourselves like restrict ourselves to you know, ways that we both were raised because I have some good parts of how I was raised and some bad parts of him too. So I think we're going to just try to take the best of both worlds Mm -hmm. and try to create this perfect human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, A lot of the, it's it's been a a journey for me to realize that my way isn't the best way, nor is the way that he was raised um, the only way. and, oh, it's taken him a long time to realize it's, anyway, it's, it's not it's the a, only way. It's, it's, <laughs> I have to still call him out on that and be like, babe, just because you did it this way doesn't mean everyone did it this way. We yeah. do things yeah. differently. And especially mm-hmm. when, I mean, even if it were two white people getting married, yeah. it would be a, a compromise. But when it's two people from different race, different religion, it's just going to be astronomically more different um, Yeah, in some ways. I mean, at the end of the day, there are so many similarities. So mm-hmm. it's just an, developing an appreciation of that. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, compromise is, I think, key in any relationship, regardless of, you know, the racial makeup of the relationship. But there can be added complexity because of that as well. So um, that's interesting. Um, someone asked about religion when it comes to potentially raising children and um you know, you both, well, um, why don't you guys, can you tell us a little bit about exactly what religions you grew up with in each of your households and then maybe how you could see that playing out with a family? Um, I grew up Hindu in a Hindu household. My parents are still Hindu. I'm still Hindu. I would call us practicing Hindus. I was actually decently religious um, when it came to like doing, you know, the equivalent of Sunday school, Balgar, which is like the religious classes and learning about the, you know, really all the gods and the stories um, associated with them. We would do like the puja. So I guess I was actually decently religious um, Mm -hmm. growing up and even, you know, a little bit throughout college. I mean, now not as much anymore. Um, You know, I can't remember the last time I've been to a temple, actually. I probably should go to Monday more than I do. But I think even like my parents, they've sort of rotated towards spirituality more than anything, which obviously mm-hmm. has some religious aspects to it, but it's not as much focused on like the symbolic things as it is like being a good person and your, you know, internal development. Mm-hmm. So I obviously I still, I'm still Hindu. Um, I'm just not like a very active practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually um, born into a Roman Catholic family on both sides and we were Roman Catholic until I was probably in a ninth grade okay. and then we switched to an, uh, a Protestant church which is uh, very different from Catholic churches and even within that Protestant group we were part of a very small sect called the Evangelical Christians who have a very 
literal interpretation of the Bible. Um, so, I mean, my entire youth, we, I grew up going to church, and when we became born-again Christians, it just really, the importance of it and the role that it played in our lives really increased. And <clears throat> I am really struggling trying to figure out how I'm going to impart faith, a Christian faith on my kids. I, I don't have it all figured out. Um, yeah, I, I don't have it all figured out. It's difficult to reconcile being gay um, yeah. with evangelical Christianity. There, there are many people who struggle with it. Yeah, I think, I think uh, it is going to be a big question mark with respect to offspring. Yeah. yeah. How we're going to do that and how we're going to handle it. And we truthfully haven't really given it much thought at this point. So I yeah. believe it as a dot, dot, dot ellipses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's fair, you know. Um, Nicholas, what is your relationship with religion now? Um, it's, it's still, it still factors into my mentality and how I approach things uh, on, on a daily basis. But I'm not going to church, mm-hmm. I'm not going to Bible study groups. Um, yeah, but that that foundation is it's still very much so affects your values and how yeah. you approach the world. Uh, yeah, I'm just not on my parents' level anymore. I'm not definitely not on my sister's level. I don't know where you all are in the wedding process and all that, but we know you're engaged and planning a wedding. You know, this is a ch- this is a moment often when families interact a lot with each other in the planning of celebration and. You know, I'm not going to assume that that's what's going on with you, but um, are there any cultural differences um, that have kind of bubbled up in the process of wedding planning and thinking about a celebration like that? Um, I think, you know, we're just going to have to figure out um, how to deal with the fact that, you know, we all know Indian weddings are like over the top and, and multiple <laughs> days and multiple events and multiple outfits. And, um, you know, American weddings or Western weddings don't tend to be like that. They tend to be a lot more straightforward. You know, you have a ceremony and then you have a little reception afterwards and that's it. Call it a day. So we're still trying to figure all of that out. We have been <laughs> so bogged down with other stuff in life that we really haven't full disclosure done much <laughs> yeah so, yeah fair so yeah but, I, but, I, but you're right i mean there are certainly going to be things that come up as we are planning it as we're going through that whole process that we're going to realize wow these are like vast differences between our cultures and our backgrounds and i think we're just going to have to deal with it as they come yeah yeah nicholas um are there things that are exciting to you when you think about like the traditions in an Indian wedding or things that maybe you feel like, you know, you might lose from something you would have pictured in another situation? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm losing something. I mean, I really like clothes and I'm super <laughs> excited to wear all the fun outfits. That's, that's probably one of the most exciting parts about it for me, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that, that's all, that's all positive. He's excited for the Indian food, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I'm a dessert person, so I'm excited. <laughs> Ooh. For sure. So you actually like Indian desserts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he eats any dessert. I mean, I do. It, literally, he does not discriminate the, when it comes to dessert. <laughs> I mean, I do have favorite, I do have ones that I like more, some more than other. Like, I'm not a gulab jamun. 
I know mm. that's a really common one to have at weddings. Um, I like you like the mitai. I like mitai. Mm. I like the ladu. Oh my gosh, you have such good pronunciation. Uh, it's unreal. Like how? Okay, so this is another thing: is like language and stuff like that. How? I think we saw on the show that you um were your Sp- Spanish language interpreter or something like that. I I, I teach um uh, native Spanish speakers okay. how to read in Spanish. So oh, okay. I'm a Spanish reading teacher, Spanish language arts. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like the pronunciation with Spanish has helped you with Hindi? Oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. 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 That, that when I, I think having the Hindi background in my life helped me in my Spanish classes. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He's, he's really good at foreign languages. I mean, putting aside his master's in Spanish and he obviously is very, he knows how to speak and write, um, but also French, a little bit of French. Yeah, I have an undergrad in French and Spanish. How do you oh, say, wow. how do you say, have a great night? Bonne nuit. <laughs> you see, he does some Portuguese. That's a, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun way to connect. I mean, because language at the, at the end of the day is a way to connect with people. So Amr, do you speak Hindi? Ha, ha. <laughs> bilkul, bilkul. <laughs> That's pretty, that's like. That's like the extent of um, it now. I can understand Hindi. When it comes to okay. speaking it, I just, it's all sorts of choppy. It's like mixing Hindi words with Sindhi words because obviously, like, my I'm Sindhi and my grandparents would speak Sindhi with me. So it's like mixing Sindhi with Hindi. And sometimes I want to throw in some Spanish in there. Um, <laughs> it's really just not pretty. Yeah. It's like the, the generic. Um, Basic, you know, one-liners. But, I mean, you probably understand this. If he's, if his parents are having a conversation, he can mm-hmm. pick up on a lot of the conversation. Oh, I could understand the entire conversation. You know how yeah. it is, Andrew, when you go to this, the mall or you're negotiating for a car or you're negotiating for anything and they start speaking to you in Hindi so you understand yeah. what they're saying, but you're trying to respond to them back in Hindi because it sounds like yeah. right there. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to answer your question, but I totally understand. I know what you're saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Once my mom like made a derogatory comment about a woman at the grocery store in front of us, and she was like, white as white can be like yeah. you know she turned around and answered her in hindi and i was like oh my god oh gosh. <laughs> no like, really i can't believe this is happening it was awful was she it just a awful. light like a fair-skinned indian or she spoke hindi she was american person she spoke. just she was like we didn't like dig deeper because it was oh such god. an awkward moment <laughs> but ball. like get out of here <laughs> yeah. oh gosh. i mean it was like definitely she did not look Indian in any way. So it was just one of those situations where we were like, oh, I was like, mom, please never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it would have been such a cool way to connect with his grandmother. That is, yeah. 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 In we were, I want to say in early June, I remember having a conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was June or at Christmas. I forget. But I can remember Umrit's cousins were there. Uh, and one of them is she's like a second grader and she's a natural teacher and she's she takes hindi lessons in new york uh-huh. um, and she was teaching me a couple uh, a couple different phrases and i practiced on his grandma uh and the way that she lit up the way that her yeah. face and her eyes just lit up when i asked her you know how's your health um she said oh 
learning. He's learning. Yeah. It was so. It was so precious. Yeah, that is one of my biggest regrets is not learning Hindi because I really would have loved to communicate with her in her language mm-hmm. um, more than just a peripheral small talk that we would be able to accomplish, but actually have like in depth conversations with her. And you know, I never got a chance to. I even got the Rosetta Stone in college, but it's just life got in the way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's you know, it's one of the complexities I think, and. I feel, you know, I I don't even understand like that much, but I understand enough when my parents are talking. They they like speak in, you know, they call it kitchery because they throw in English words here and there. So that helps me understand even more and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I feel a little bit self-conscious sometimes about the fact that I can't speak Hindi and that people feel like I should and things like that. And then, you know, I have a two-year-old son and it's like, okay, what, what am I going to like impart onto him? You know, like, is this like this thing that I'm losing this like aspect of our culture that like he is just going to get even more lost with him. And, um, yeah, I mean, do you ever think about that? You know, not to pressure the whole thing about kids and stuff again, but just, um, you know, some of the things around language that... This is one thing that I have thought about. Oh, okay. Yeah, because this isn't like, this isn't controversial or... Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely want his parents to only speak Hindi with him. And I, his mom is... I, I've gathered enough that they wouldn't only speak in Sindhi to him, to, to our yeah. kids. Uh, it's it's such a small language. And mm-hmm. they would have... A, there's the you can cast a, a much wider net if you learn Hindi. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to his parents. <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll get Hindi books and. Oh, you should tell my mom stories. that you would score some great brownie. Books. Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have told her this. Ooh, that will make yeah. her. Uh, but I'm I'm excited. I mean, it, it will either be a big motivator for me, or I will kind of self alienate myself from some of that interaction. But that will only make a, a bond between grandparent and grandchild. Even yeah, more special. absolutely. And it'll put that like, just hearing the language from a young age, you know, totally. it, it, it just... puts it in your ear so that you're, I mean, you are able to produce the sounds with your mouth, because some of yeah. the things are so much easier if you just hear them from birth. And that's, that's the sound that you can make, you can produce. Yeah. Do you think you would speak Spanish? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They'll speak Spanish. They're going to speak 20 languages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These brilliant children of I ours. fully expect that. I mean, you know, why not? <laughs> That's great. That's really wonderful. And um, yeah, I think it's such a gift to be able to give that to your kids when you can. My oldest brother's ex-wife is um, French-Canadian and with their three kids, she spoke only French to them growing up. Yeah. And so, you know they're just fluent and they just know it and they'll have it forever. That's amazing. And it's, yeah, it is really great. Um, sadly, you know, Arjun couldn't bring the Hindi side of it, but I blame my parents cause they spoke a lot of English to us. I mean, for them, you know, English is like actually more of their mode of speaking, even with each other. Um, but... I often wonder what that's like with, with his parents. And I feel like when I ask, I sound like a weirdo. Yeah. But I, I often wonder, because when we're there, they there's a lot of Hindi or Sindhi that's spoken, and when mm-hmm. they when they pick up the phone and they're talking on the phone, I, I hear a lot of non English. Yeah. When it's just the two of them, 
uh, what they speak in. I think it's English. It's just yeah. English. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's different for everyone. Um, it seems like anyway. Yeah. Were there any unexpected similarities in your experiences kind of growing up or even just like making your way through the world as young people that you wouldn't have expected coming from different racial backgrounds? Um, I think family values. We both really cherished family values, our parents. We have a lot of love and respect for our parents. But I, I don't know if that answers the question because I think that's pretty universal regardless of your I background. Think- uh, for me, a big thing that I noticed that we both had in common, <clears throat> we don't eat the same kind of food, but we both really grew up uh, not eating out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, we, you know, just wasn't uh, where my parents wanted to allocate resources. So mm-hmm. my mom, she cooked almost all of our meals. I mean, I didn't eat out very much when I was a kid. And his, his family is, is pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being, you know, mindful of money. Yeah. Totally. You know, that was my being, uh, saving, 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 um, living on a budget, living within your means. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's, yeah, that's very similar, which you might not expect. I think our parents both conditioned us, conditioned the two of us to not be afraid of two types of debt, educational debt and yeah. uh, uh, homeowner's debt. Mm-hmm. But things like credit card debt, those were, that was really... Oh, and gambling debt is a third one. Gambling, gambling debt is allowed, of course. No, actually, um, you gotta have a little you know, fun. Neither, neither of us are casino people. And no, I mean, we're not. We tried. No, unexpected. Yeah, it's expensive for real, and it's yeah. boring. Yeah, I have never been to a casino, and I have no interest. You get like, free cocktails, so that's nice. That's but fun. But, but you're spending way more money on the blackjack table than you are on the cocktails. Like this. <laughs> The slice of America that you're interacting with is yeah wild. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, that's great though that all those things. Those are sometimes you know when Amrit. I don't know if this is the case for you when thinking about arranged marriage. You know, my parents were also arranged, and you know, there's obviously like problematic aspects of arranged marriage, obviously, but um, there's also in a way, the people who are arranging your marriages, they're looking for people who match you in terms of maybe how you grew up and maybe you would have similar ideals and values and things like that. And th- in the end, those are sometimes the things that really do propel a relationship yeah. forward and keep it steady and stable, yeah. especially as, you know, life wears on and all these things happen that you don't expect. So, exactly. um, yeah, I'm a did you do you ever feel like that when you think about arranged marriage? Yeah, I do. I um I think they oddly work. Um, I think in an arranged marriage, you're thinking about you know long term. Is this a right right life partner? Are they compatible? Um, they're just it's just a different kind of love versus like in love is like this moment, this like moment in time right now, this amazing crowd for you right now, who knows if we'll be there in 10 years or in 15 years. It's just, it to me, it sometimes seems more fleeting mm-hmm. versus like the deeper rooted love of like growing with someone and um, doing life with someone. I mean, it's just, it's just a different type and it works for some people. It might not work for others, but I have generally tend to think it works for Indians because you don't see, you know, the divorce <laughs> rate for Indians are, are not very high. So yeah. something seems to be working with the arranged marriages for them. Do you ever worry or have you ever worried about offending 
a family member of your partner in some way because of cultural difference. Yeah. I guess you said that about food, Nicholas. That was one thing. Yeah. There were, um, I won't go into great detail, but there were certain aspects of when we um, cremated Nani that mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know how welcome I was. And I, um, I took a, a backseat role until I was really told to, you know, come join in the same activities that other people were, were doing. And I approached that from the perspective you know, we weren't married mm-hmm. um, and I didn't, everyone else who was at her cremation ceremony was either married into the family or a, a blood relative. Okay. And I, I wasn't either of those yet. And I, I almost went into it thinking that I would be asked to not participate simply because we weren't married. And I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Um, but it was quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's treated as an equal and um, it, was, it was endearing. Yeah. It was, it was an experience. Uh-huh. It's very different than white cremation ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mine is not as serious. <laughs> mine is more of a lighter note. But I think one time I didn't really offend his mom, but I think I, I mentioned something about partying. Oh, the bars mm-hmm. were open after COVID, I think. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the bars are open. And we're so excited. And um, I didn't, after the fact, I didn't realize that she really doesn't, um, I guess she doesn't, she knows, but she doesn't know that we like go to the bars and yeah there's some, there's some mystery yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so like for me i was like oh we're gonna go to the bars and drink on a saturday night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to think if there have been moments i mean there have been there 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 have been some awkward moments but i don't i don't think i don't think umrith has seriously offended my parents mm-hmm. um it, i've spent way more time with umrith's parents than umrith has spent with my parents yeah um I, it's not a it's not a cold relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just as you spend more time with someone, you get way more comfortable. Yeah. And there have been times where I've had to apologize, where I've taken liberties in saying things um, because I thought I enjoyed a certain level of comfort, and then I take a step back and I've realized, hey, you know, this wasn't the right thing to say. Yeah. So I've gone back and I've apologized. Have those happened tons of times? No. Yeah. You just have to, you know live your conscience. That's a slip up that can happen both ways, definitely. Um, when you get into a relationship with someone, you you just get to know them on such a deeper level and that includes their family oftentimes. And just because you know that person in a certain way doesn't mean it necessarily translates to all of their other family members being the same. So it can get a little messy sometimes. Someone asked for advice for blending families where a language barrier exists. And I know we already talked about language a bit. Um, but, you know, Nicholas, you maybe having to navigate not speaking the same language or understanding everything, like with Nani, perhaps. Um, yeah. How did you nav- navigate that? Um, doing an activity with that person. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, one time, I, I think I made Mani, Mani's with, with Nani. Um, and I was trying to talk, 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 talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> she said, bus, bus, bus. Uh, no, n- not so much talking, more co- <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, but it, it put, put forth some effort to learn some phrases, mm-hmm. um, some, some greetings, informal greetings, formal greetings, and learn some, learn some funny words. Um, 
Yeah, and just be in their company. Um, you know, as it is, you feel ostracized because you don't speak the language, but that doesn't mean you can't be in their company. Mm-hmm. But just being there with the person yeah. in and of itself shows that you care, and I think that's yeah. all that matters at the end of the day. Find small ways to kind of be of service. Not uh, yeah. like, like getting a glass of water, mm. small, small things like that. Yeah. And it goes a, a really long way. It does. That's really good advice. Yeah, kind of having like a, a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. That's a Christian thing. Um, a servant, how would you describe a servant's heart? Not literally like I'm a paid servant, but what? Yeah. Um, just have a heart of, uh, I don't know how to describe that. Yeah. I. I think I understand the essence even just okay. from hearing the phrase. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure some of our listeners who are familiar with it will know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those were most of the questions. I mean, I also just want to open it up to you, too, if there's anything that, you know, has felt like has bubbled up for you during the conversation or things that you feel would be helpful for maybe a new couple who's in an interracial relationship kind of figuring things out like advice you would give or things that you've learned along the way in this unique experience. Um, I guess I could just wrap it up by saying, and I'm totally going to misquote Mitch Albom, Albom, Mitch Albom, the author to, uh, Tuesdays with Mari, I think. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, one of his books um, he talks about creating your own culture if the culture you find yourself in is not working for you. Um, I think that's very important and that always stuck with me is to create your own culture in your own world um, because sometimes the prepackaged boxed cultures uh, don't work so well. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's a blended culture between you and your partner, whether it's you cherry pick between the two the best facets of each, it doesn't matter, but you can create your own. You have that um, capability, and it's it's very liberating. You yeah. have to compromise your way. It's not your way or the highway, um, and your way is not always the best way. Just because something worked really well for you doesn't mean that there isn't another way that worked really well for someone else that's equally as valuable. Babe, we should be relationship gurus. <laughs> Charged by the hour. Armith and Nico, relationship 101. I'm kidding. Well, the next time I'm having an issue, I'm going to call you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> no, that's I love that, Amrith, about creating your own culture. That's, um, that's what we're often doing, you know, totally. I think, as immigrants in America and people coming from different backgrounds and living with each other and having relationships with each other and starting families with each other. Like we are building new cultures and new norms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one other question someone got and you don't, you don't have to, uh, answer this. It's not related to this topic, but someone was like, is there a family karma season three? (laughs) Uh, I wish I had that crystal ball. I really do. Um, if that person gets the answer, please reach out to me and let me know because <laughs> I am waiting to hear back. We are optimistic. Uh, we're That's staying great. positive, but time will tell. We'll see. Yeah. And how are you guys? You're in Miami these days, mostly? Yeah, mostly in Miami these days. We do occasional trip. We've been traveling a decent amount, but... Um, yeah. 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 Well, that's wonderful. It's um, It was such a joy really and a privilege to see your stories unfold on this last season of family karma so thank you for sharing those with the world and 
you know, with all of us. And um, yeah, thank you for engaging in this candid conversation today. Um, I hope it, I didn't push you guys into any areas. No, not, a, not at all. Thank you, Andrea, for having this conversation with us. Thank you, and Deandra, for supporting the show as much as you guys have. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. It was a treat. It was a treat to to talk with you. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have more conversations in the future. I hope so too. We it's on our list to actually make a trip to Miami and hopefully meet many of you one day. Um <laughs> who knows when that will be, yeah. but hopefully sometime soon. And um yeah, we can't wait for news about potentially season three. We'll be pushing for it <laughs> as much as we can on our page, our little podcast. But <laughs> awesome. Great. Sounds good. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, we'll thank you soon. for taking the time and have a great night. You too. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.